Hey y'all, welcome to another episode of the Slaying Self Dog Podcast. It's your girl Felicia Wallace. Here on the Slaying Self Dog Podcast, we get together every week to take a deep dive into my life and yours while I remind you that you are not on this journey alone. We will talk about everything from God to Russia Reality TV. Together, we will find our fears and slay them. Reba Corinne Thomas is a pleasure-positive sex educator and the CEO of Sexperts Consultants, a company geared towards bridging the gap in adult sexual health education through engaging workshops, online courses, and events. Tune in today as we talk about sex and self-doubt. Welcome back to another episode of the Slaying Self-Doubt Podcast. I am here with Reba Corinne Thomas, Reba the Diva. Hello, Reba. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, you are. So, uh, well, thank you. Thank you for agreeing to be on the podcast. I am excited about this conversation um, for multiple reasons. One, because I think it's a very important conversation for us to be able to have so that we can just, um, you know, be vulnerable and be transparent and be open about things that sometimes we don't necessarily talk about. I know um, people are probably going to hear this and be like clutching their pearls like, oh, girl, are we talking about this for real? Yes, yes, sis, we have to talk about it because there's a lot of ways that self-doubt like creeps into our relationships that causes us to, you know, self-sabotage ourselves, but also sabotage um maybe some ways that uh, we don't realize. And so I wanted you to come on today to just really talk about how, um, you know, self-doubt can like affect our intimate relationships, can affect, affect the way we feel about ourselves when it comes to intimacy, how we view ourselves and just kind of change the narrative that, you know, women shouldn't talk about sex. It's a taboo conversation. We should be only talking about it in the confines of our bedrooms in with the door shut and underneath the bed or something crazy like that <laughs> <laughs> so you are the founder and ceo of sexperts consultants how how i need yeah. to know how did you get started with this so i um was selling sex toys for this multi-level marketing company kind of like you know if you've ever been to like pure romance or uh, bedroom candy or any of those like multi high-level marketing companies where you're buying it's like a Tupperware party for sex yeah. stores, but, <laughs> right um <laughs> I was one of those girls and I realized early on in like my little side hustle um and the way I started that is I was working with my husband and we were doing like uh, my husband is a chef and we okay. were doing dinners for oh, couples and okay. we were like oh well if we had one of those sex toy ladies come out then we could really do like some couples dinners that's a nice and, idea <laughs> right so so I called around and we couldn't find any sex toy ladies to come out to our event. So we were like, I was talking to one of the companies, one of the representatives at the companies. And she was like, well, you seem to know a lot about this stuff. Would you be interested in doing this? And that's when, you know, it kind of all began for me. And um, during one of the like, you know, dinners that we were holding, one of the people there was like, you know, you could teach a blowjob class. And, you know, it was kind of a joke, right? Mm -hmm. But then, because people would ask me questions afterwards, because, you know, when you sell sex toys, you're like the, you're the sex lady, so you're right. supposed to know everything. But unfortunately, not a lot of company. the company that I was with, they are, they are no longer a company anymore. But the company that I was with, they were really focused on education. And, um, mm, okay. And I learned a lot about like sexual health promotion and how to promote 
you know, sex ed and what's, you know, what sources to go to and all that stuff. And I started, you know, working on my certification because I was like, this is something that I really want to do. I realized before I could sell a sex toy, I had to tell people about their bodies. And so when my friend suggested, okay, yeah, you should do a blowjob class, I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And then I thought about it and I was, look, I was writing grants for nonprofits at the time. I didn't think that I was going to, you know, be a full-time sex educator. What? Right. No way. I went to college for public relations and marketing. Like this is not <laughs> this is not what I envisioned for myself. But the Lord but, had other plans. <laughs> you know, you know, sometimes you are really called to do things. And yes. I know that I was called because I like okay, so I'll tell you what happened. So I um started teaching this class and it sold out. Right? The first time I put it on Eventbrite, it sold out. Then um, the next time I put it up, it sold out. And I was only doing it like, you know, part-time as my side hustle. Mm. So it wasn't like, you know, every every week. It was like maybe once a week and then it was every other week. And I realized, you know, when everything was selling out, I was like, man, I really have something here. And so, you know, I think that it was like divine intervention. But yeah. my nonprofit job, um, I got laid off. And my wow. husband was like, look, you could go back to nonprofits and be a grant writer and development officer and do that. Or you could just, I mean, you have a business that you've started and it's, it's not doing bad. So like what would happen if you went full time into your business? And I was like, man, I'm going to be the sex lady. Like, is this, <laughs> is this real? <laughs> and so, and so um, I knew it was real when I was still taking clients, like, you know, um, public relations clients. And one of my clients was on the front page of this like local magazine, um, like website. And so was I, so was my glasses. And I was like, Oh, <laughs> this is too close. Wow. <laughs> it's funny though. <laughs> Sometimes you need so, to be able to see it, right? Like once yeah. you realize what you're doing and then once yeah. you see it like in real life to, so that other people, it's like, no, for real, I'm actually doing this. This isn't like pretend. Yeah, <laughs> like, like and it's, yeah, and it's hot. Like, as you know, you get that, that um, imposter syndrome. It's like, this isn't my real job. Yeah. I have a real job. This isn't real. But no, it's wholly real. And so that was in 2017. So this is going on. This is year three of me nice. being full time in my business and year five of my business. Congratulations. So made it, thank you. Thank you. We made it through the, you know, the trying stage, the, you know, the whole startup phase. And we're really looking at like, what does it look like to be a real big girl business? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No, really. Yeah. <laughs> Um, because this is actually like, this is really working. And, you know, once I realized, okay, I'm all in, this is what I'm doing. I came out of the closet on LinkedIn. Like, you know, I'm a sexuality <laughs> professional. How did that change no. your contacts? So he was like, wait a minute. <laughs> well, look, so I was doing nonprofit development. So I had a lot of like donors, like DCs, like elite people on my thing, uh, on my LinkedIn. And so some of them were just like, what is this worth? What are you posting? And I was like, <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, you know, this is my career path, but it was actually overwhelmingly positive, the the um, reactions that I received. And I guess the negative ones I didn't receive because they either blocked me or unfriended me, but yeah. I, I don't miss them. So. <laughs> so. Well, you know, and that just goes to show you that um, the stuff that we think nobody is talking about or nobody thinks about, like you mentioned imposter syndrome, part of that is that it's like, who wants to listen to me? Who's going to even want to 
to hear about whatever I'm talking about. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And then you realize, no, people are listening. People are going through the exact same thing. People want to know how to make sure that they're giving a good blowjob or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be, because mm-hmm. it's, a, you know, it's affecting them and they want to get more information or they just stick around because they're curious. They just trying to see, you know, let me see if she no. drop any hints a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> so as we talk about that imposter syndrome, like how did self-doubt show up in your journey? Oh man. I mean, look, I had to tell my friends and family that I was starting a business. What's your mama say? <laughs> my father was like, not absolutely not. Not my daughter. Right. Absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. You're not going to be teaching no sex parties in my house. And I was like, why well, I got to be at your house? Right, like, right, right. <laughs> oh, my God. This, oh. Went, <laughs> this went from being my business to happening in your house, in your kitchen. Like, who oh is God. doing daddy? Oh, gosh, anyway. that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, self-doubt crept in there a lot. And then, you know, there's no real, like, set path for being a, a sexpert, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, like, you don't go to sexpert school. Right. There is, There's like, no degree, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, there, so there is, but it's not like, uh, yeah, there's no sexpert or sexology. Yeah. Like, there isn't. So, so, so how, like, you know, how do you even va- feel validated as someone who can talk about this work, right? So mm-hmm. I got my certification, uh, although there's so many different certifications you can get. Like, how do you know which one is the one? And right, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, what, what qualifies no. you? Which one, which one does somebody go say, oh, no, she got that one. I definitely know she knows exactly. what she's doing. <laughs> right, right. And so, and so, like, I didn't get the mainstream, like, one of them costs a lot of money, right? Mm-hmm. And, um... I got I got a I got my certification. Um, I did my certificate program through Indiana University at Bloomington's Center for Sexual Health Promotion, and they have a certificate program in sexual health promotion. And okay. I, it was a fourteen unit course. I did it. I got my certificate at the end, and even that, like even after getting that, like that's the one thing. Like now I'm certified. It still wasn't. Oh, I'm not certified by the big body. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. I'm a member of the big body, but I'm not a, I'm not certified by them. So what does that mean? Right. Is that taking, it's not taking any opportunities away from me. I'm going to tell you that. Like nobody's ever like, oh. Let huh. me see your certification. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, let me just make sure. Oh, it's not that certification. Okay. Well, no, I don't want to hire you. Like, no, people need help. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that goes to the, the, the saying that, you know, God does a, uh, called the qualified he qualifies the cold so That's you so what, whatever it is that he's calling you to do your 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 gift whatever it is that you put your spin on to be able to get this information out to the people who needed it you didn't need that like you were enough you were your certification but yeah. i'm you know i'm sure that that listen this that this whole show helps. is about, yeah the paper does yeah. help but we it takes us a <laughs> while to realize that like we are good just in what we have. Like we have everything we need, but that's, that's the whole reason of this lane self doubt journey is that it sounds good until you got to tell yourself and then you like, maybe not, not so much Lord. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I find that training helps like finding training, like, you know, mm. doing that certification made me feel more confident in myself. So it was yeah. like, all right, well I can say that I'm a certified sex educator. So it, you know, when I start to feel imposter syndrome, I'm like, whatever, I'm certified. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it's like, I, I did the work. Because you did, you did, you, you know, did the work. Because there's lots yeah. of people out here we know that just do stuff. And not to say that you can't do it off of your own, um, 
like your own experiences to be able to tell people your story. But there's something about um, somebody who actually does the work to like perfect your craft. You have to be able to continue to do that in order for people, you know, like you say, for people to even take you seriously, like what else did you do? Okay. We know that, you know, but you know, well, also are- exactly. And you're go- like, when you, like you said, God doesn't, qual- does God doesn't call the qualified. Yeah. Qualifies the call. And so what, when those opportunities present themselves, cause they were, they were opportunities and they presented themselves and I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do this. Yes. I need to further my learning. I want to yeah. do this. I need to, not because I want this credential behind my name because there's no, no credential behind your name when you get certified. It's not Reba Thomas certified. Right. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> that's not, that's not what, what happens. And so, so for me, it was really more about like the learning. Like I felt imposter syndrome because there was so much I didn't know. Like people mm. would ask me questions and like, I knew a lot, like there was stuff that that I just didn't know like yeah. what's the difference between gender identity and gender um and gender preference or like you know what I mean like yeah. there was a lot of just stuff I didn't know and n- the not knowing is what leads to the doubt at least for me yeah. right and yeah. so if there's something that I'm dealing with and I don't know and I feel that doubt creeping in I'm like all right what can I learn mm. that's <laughs> you know, a great really way to good. put a spin on that because yeah. most of us just stay in the fact that we don't know and <laughs> for me I just be like well I don't know and I guess I don't you know you just kind of stay there and all that does is just like continue to kind of perpetuate the lie that you are not you know that you're not good enough or you're not going to know that what is what continues the self-doubt because we always say this there isn't anything major it's just like one little thing that just throws you off and then you Mm -hmm. you you, we, we run that into the ground. You know what I mean? Like, and, and that's all. Could have been somebody just asking you something. You probably see, I don't even know the answer to that. What am I doing? You know, and then you just be like, okay, we, like you said, you learn it. Okay. You don't know. That's something that we jot down and we say, okay, let me figure that out. And then now the next time somebody asks you, you know, um, yeah. The, my friend just, um, you know, in these trying times, she just was, um, applying for, uh, temp agency and um you know they were like oh we're gonna give you some tests on you know microsoft excel and word and she called me and she's like freaking out she's like (laughs) i don't know i don't know what i don't know what they're gonna ask me about excel i don't really know like databases like that and i'm like well what job were you applying for she's like receptionist i'm like well you don't really need to know that much about excel like what what could they be testing you on she's like i don't know like formulas and stuff i'm like okay (laughs) I was like, okay, girl, how about this? How about you, like, Google what's going to be on the test? Like, right, right. Or, or pull it up and try to figure it out. And you just see that sometimes take it's a not a take, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And she did. She's like, you know what? I was freaking out for no reason. You were right. Thank you. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but that's, that is exactly what we do. We, it gets yeah. into our head and we just blow that whole thing up. So since you've been on this journey, um, what have you learned about yourself that you didn't know before? Um, oh man. Oh, I think I've learned that I am a lot more to trust my intuition, Mm. right? Like I'm a lot more intuitive than I thought that that I was, you know, like, oh, I have a hunch about something and just, you know, brush it off. But now I've kind of learned that, you know, when you feel something in your gut, Mm -hmm. you should do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because there is something at work. I don't know whether it's God or the universe or what, but something is at work that is pulling you and calling you and saying, do this or don't do this. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? But listen to your gut. I think that is the hardest, you know, 
the hardest thing to navigate in entrepreneurship is knowing when to say yes and when to say no, mm. when to say, well, let me think about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, um, yeah. So listening to your gut has, listening to my gut has been like a really, man, my gut is really strong. That's what I've learned. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. No, that's, that's key. I think that, that that goes to so many different things because, in in this you know whole slaying self doubt thing that sometimes your gut will tell you it's like your I, I you know I'm learning myself that like your body will tell you exactly what it needs and if you listen and just kind of lean into that you'll know when like you said when to say yes or no when to take an opportunity when not to take an opportunity like you know how to you'll better be able to know if you trust yourself and I think that that comes along with the journey of like you know, knocking out those negative thoughts about yourself. If you're able to really trust who you are, what it is that you know, whatever it is that you've been equipped with, then it helps you to be able to go forward. I know the day I met you, I was like, literally like, she's probably going to say no. I had this whole conversation in my head about what she was going to say. And I was just like, on my way out the door. And I just told myself, I was like, buddy, just go back over there and just ask her. And I was like, hi, can I talk to you for a second? You was like, yeah, girl, sure. And I was just like, who? I was out of there, like, so proud of myself. But it was like, like you said, that pulling, like, I was literally walking out and it was just like, girl, if you don't go back in there and talk to this lady, you know, but it was my own, um, my own self-doubt about myself, my insecurities about whether or not, you know, I was ready to like start networking. Cause that's, you know, that's just something up, like, that's something in me that I'm just not, I'm not comfortable with, but I'm like, I know I have to, you got to go out and get the people, girl. They're not going to come to you. You know? Yeah, yeah no, it's so true. Yeah. So it definitely, um, learning that is still something that's just like, Oh man, sometimes I'd be wishing my gut would leave me alone. Like just be, heavy. <laughs> but then I'd be happy, you know, once I do it and I, it makes you overcome certain fears too, because yeah. if you didn't listen to your gut, certain things you wouldn't do certain situations you wouldn't find yourself in and it helps you to be bold and courageous. So, you know, sometimes, you know, that intuition you know. helps you out. Yes, it does. And I've been, um, I was reading this book called um, The Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. Okay. Um, and Brene Brown has, I think she has like a TED Talk and the Netflix. Yeah, she's pretty. She's yeah. Oh man, if you're working, if you're dealing with self-doubt or any kind of shame or any kind of yeah. like just internalized guilt, she is the one. She honey. is. She but, is. <laughs> The gifts of imperfection really helped me a lot. Like, I think I actually, you know, the universe has such great timing because <laughs> I was um, reading the Brene Brown book right before all of this stuff happened, right? Right before I started doing this work and right before mm -hmm. I went full time, like I was reading this and like just learning like how to get rid of just the shame, like yeah. the guilt that plagued me because I work in, in a lot of shame. I help people, lead, you know, unlearn the shame that they have been taught and yeah. so coming into this world this shameful profession right mm -hmm. <laughs> um made it just i had to confront it head on and this book found me the book found wow. me like i don't remember you know why i was reading it or who recommended it but it found me and i have it in hard copy and audiobook because i really needed to hear that yeah. like <laughs> i needed to hear these words and 
I definitely, I've referenced this book a lot in my work. Um, and I think it's really important to just like lean on the gifts that we have. All of us are imperfect. We feel shame because we're not perfect, yeah. but none of us is perfect. Right. Yeah, and so absolutely. leaning on the gifts that we get from that imperfection. Right. And one of them is courage. Like you said, it takes a lot of courage to say, okay, I'm, I'm, Ooh, I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling yeah. ashamed of this thing and I'm going to still do this. Like mm-hmm. I'm still going to, it takes courage. And that, you know, courage is like a muscle. You got to keep yeah. building it. Like That's it's not like so you want to this thing. Yeah. You got to keep building it. And so, yeah, I just, I think I look at those moments and like, especially when I'm feeling imposter syndrome, I go back to those moments, like those those moments where I was feeling doubtful and I just confronted the beast and I did it anyway and yeah. felt uncomfortable. But here we are. Yeah. Like, I made it. I'm alive. Right. And, I'm, and I'm actually better for it. Yeah, so. absolutely. I think that those are the things that sometimes that we don't do. Like, I, I know I'm really hard on myself and I find myself like when people say, you know, you should do like a gratitude. No, somebody told me, um, do like a brag book. <clears throat> or something where you like just talk about yourself the things that you did no matter how big or how small it is because we forget that and so there are days where I'm like oh dang I did did I did something really scary to me um and it may not be for you know everybody else but for me it was a big deal and so when I do those things even when I do these interviews I still write that down in my brag book because there was a period of time where I was too scared to do it so I remind myself okay I'm on interview number 22 you know and so I'm like keep going like that's what's going to keep keep moving forward because you I have to remind myself that like this is what you're supposed to be doing this is how you know sometimes we're always looking for other people to affirm us and other people to let us know that like we're in the right space and and I'm learning now that no it's also my responsibility for me to remind myself that this is exactly where you're supposed to be God called you here this is what you're supposed to be talking about and this is your lane you've created it and now you just go go forth and continue to do whatever he wants you to do so yeah that it it definitely um go ahead that reminds me of this. Um, I read a book called Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts. Okay. Right. Mama and Gina. In, <laughs> yeah, Mama Gina. And in that book, um, the author, Regina, I think her name is Regina Thomas Hauer. Yeah. And she says that um, there's this activity called Bit a Chat. Right. And it's basically the same thing as your brag book, but you it's with you and a buddy, like an accountability buddy, like your girlfriend or your, you know, somebody you really are close to, not a hater friend, but like a real friend (laughs) where you guys literally just meet up, whether it's once a week or once a month or whatever, meet up or call each other and you just brag to each other about the stuff that's happening in your life. Like you just pick stuff to brag about. Like that is the whole point of the conversation. We're here to brag and celebrate each other. Right. You brag, you say something. Yes. We celebrate you. Yes, girl. I can't believe that's so wonderful. I can't, that's going to be so good for you. I can't wait to see how that works. Right. That's what you like. That's, that's kicking it up a notch. Your brag book then becomes like a brag session with your friends. And so not only are you doing it, but your friends are doing it and you're creating a culture of celebration. And that way the reminder is a little easier too. Right. Right. That is awesome. That's such a great idea because we, you know, even though you think about your circle of friends, um, you, you all talk about certain things and we do, you know, like I think about my circle of friends, like we definitely be like, Oh, such and such happened, but we don't, 
we don't spend a, you know, if someone says one thing, then we kind of go there. We definitely encourage, but to like go back and forth and everybody say, okay, it's your turn. You go, you know, um, I think that that definitely would change the dynamic of some relationships and just some, to just be able to, that, you know, that other people see you. I even know when I started this journey and I even, um, started doing the podcast, like the feedback that I were, was getting from my friends was, even though I just told them, oh, you know, I'm doing it, but because I was like downplaying the whole thing because of my own imposter syndrome, um, it was like the feedback I was getting was like, yes, I'm so proud. And, you know, they would send me messages and I'd be like, man, they really see me. Like, um, but it it definitely like you having that moment where you're all encouraged that also builds courage you know because if you all are sitting around bragging about yourselves with and everybody is hyping you up then the next time you're looking forward to okay our next section you know i'm I'm ready to give you something else you know so i like that that's a great idea i'm gonna have to get that book yeah <laughs> um okay so we are here to talk about you know how self-doubt shows up in our intimate relationships and you said something offline that really um like I was like dang she started but I'm gonna make her say it again (laughs) in my head Uh, but um you said um intimacy isn't just sex and I didn't initially think about that when I talked about how thinking about like how self-doubt shows up in your intimate relationships um but yeah so I guess that's a part of it. Like, how does it all kind of play together, you know, as we're, uh, you know, having this self-doubt and being able to be vulnerable and open to, you know, our partners or even ourselves? So we hear all the time that, like, sex and intimacy are the same. They go hand in hand. Intimacy is sexy. And that is very true. Sex is a very intimate activity that you can do, right? But so is just hugging and cuddling in the bed for a few, for an hour or half an hour, right? Or telling somebody about a traumatic childhood experience or telling someone about a like childhood experience that is, that means a lot to you. Like that brings you deep joy and comfort. Yeah. Like, uh, em- embracing each other, whether it's a hug or a cuddle, or like these are all ways that we show intimacy. We show intimacy physically. We show intimacy verbally through affection. Oh, you look so nice today, or oh, I can't wait to see you. Like this is all intimacy, right? Yeah. And so, and so men <clears throat> are socialized to be, you know, heterosexual men are socialized to be womanizers. Um, I think because there's it's that it's that it's that intimacy, right? It's that it's that's what's fulfilling the role of intimacy. When you're a man, it's you're you're socialized to believe that intimacy only comes in two forms from your mom and whoever you're having sex with. Mm, yeah, uh, <laughs> you <yeah>. know. <laughs> and a lot of times, you know, we are all seeking that same kind of intimacy that we're missing from our external relationships with other people in our relationships. Mm. So, so we start to, you know, that intimacy starts to mean a lot more and have a lot more value and a lot more weight in our relationships than they probably should. Yeah. That's the see. I told you, y'all. I, I was like, oh, yeah, it's gonna get deep. I know. Yeah, that was that was a whole word. Um, so when you're when we're navigating through all of that, um, and you have the self doubt about 
you know, whatever it is, whether it's about your past, whether it's about, you know, we, you said, you know, like that, that shameful thing, whether it's about your body, um, how, how do we start to like, I don't know, have those conversations or just be able to, um, if there's a conversation that's needed, like to be able to like enter into that space. Cause a lot of times that's difficult, you know, for us to be able to just be that open about, or it may not for some, for some people. Yeah. But for others, you know, I just think about, you know, my relationship with my husband and like, okay. And you know, at what point was I like completely open and honest about certain things, you know, at what point, and I, if I'm, probably even just kind of going through this journey of you know doing this podcast is probably when I started to get the most open one because I knew I was about to be telling people my business but um <laughs> <laughs> but two because you know, like well you can't the first time you hear this can't be on the podcast <laughs> so let's have a conversation before we talk about it right <laughs> and so um I think it and when right. I, if I think about that, we've been together 12 years. And so I would say it took me maybe 10 or 11 years to actually say some things that maybe I felt ashamed about personally, about whatever it was that I felt about myself or an experience I had. Um, like, how, like, how do we navigate through that so that we don't feel so, I mean, I guess you just, how do we navigate that? That's, yeah, there we go. <laughs> I think I think the most important thing is to like recognize the sources where you get your intimacy from. Mm, okay. Right? And recognize what your intimacy needs are and from whom you could get that intimacy. Right? Mm. Because some like if we're with an emotionally unavailable partner and we've chosen that person as our life partner, then it's gonna be kind of unrealistic for us to take an inventory and be like all right, yeah, I really want to tell you all this emotionally vulnerable stuff right yeah. now. Um, can you handle it? No, they can't. They're emotionally unavailable. <laughs> and it's not funny, but like, it's tr- like, it's true. Yeah. And so, and so I think the first step is like taking an inventory of what your needs are. And a lot of us need therapy. Yeah. I, I cannot yes. stress that enough. Like a lot of us really need to go talk to somebody, whether it's an individual therapist or group therapy. Like some of us really are dealing with a lot of trauma and a lot of shame and we're expecting our partners and our friends and our village mm-hmm. to really understand it. Yeah. And if they've never experienced it, they can't support you. So you right. need to find right. more support, right? And so I think that's the first thing is like recognizing that that support, that intimacy doesn't necessarily only have to come from your partner. and so and so what what kind of intimacy needs do you have like is it is it physical touch do you need to be held every night like this is something that you probably should know about yourself because these are things that you need to be able to communicate to your partner they need to know okay I need to uh, she likes to be held every night I'm gonna hold her every night because I love her and that's what I want too right so I think I think a lot of times it's not even understanding what we need the hardest part about expressing what we need is not knowing what that is Mm. right it's hard to even begin a conversation if you have no idea what it is yeah and then the second part and then the second part which is also equally as hard is like all right I know what it is that I need but I'm not sure that you can give it to me <laughs> man and that's, so and yeah. that's also that's also where therapy comes in right because it's not just individual therapy not just group therapy but couples therapy is real too yeah 
You know, if you're finding it really like really hard to understand what you need, then you should go to your therapy, right? If you're if you're finding it hard to get what you need, you know what you need, but you're finding it hard to get what you need or express what you need to your partner, you probably should go to couples therapy. If you're just flat out not getting any of those things, then you should probably reevaluate all of the relationships in your life, starting wow. with the one with yourself and then the one with your partner, because at this point you're not. You've been going a long time, not really knowing what you need. And then you realize what you need. And then you realize, oh my gosh, I'm not getting what I need. And that can turn people's lives upside down sometimes. That is, yeah, that it definitely would. <laughs> I mean, even when you said it, like I had to like, you know, you think about it. Cause I think a lot of times that, so I've been, uh, during this whole coronavirus thing i've been binge washing a whole lot of stuff so love is blind was one of the things that i was binge washing (laughs) and just like you know the whole concept of like not meeting these people and building an emotional attachment to them and like i was just you know watching it and i was like these people are pouring their hearts out to these people that they've never met in their life did this on the other side like i was (laughs) like i don't know if that would be something that i would do because you are building you know some sort of trust and you got to be it, but you're watching them kind of go through this whole experiment to see like whether or not love is blind and but when you think about about it going backwards right we generally are you know drawn to the person that we're most attracted to and then depending on how that relationship starts if it's on a very lustful uh relationship in the beginning some some conversations aren't happening until later and so when that's not happening sometimes you just miss out all of the opportunities to be able to say whatever it is that you want or you are used to in some cases like like you said not either not knowing what it is that you want or just being whatever it is the other person wants from you so that comes with some self-awareness for yourself to be able to say that like these are my needs this is what I need this is what I want are you able to do that and I think that that definitely takes courage um to be able to say that because then you have to be open to the person telling you nah I can't hold you every night because I don't like touching people like you know what I mean like and then what right now is that okay with you right right can you redraw your boundaries? Right, right. right. I think the whole point is like we're drawing boundaries here, where that where boundaries never existed. Yeah, and that's yeah. the scariest part, right? But once we do it, we're better for it, and so are our relationships. Yeah, that is. Yeah. So. And I think that's a part of just like being open and honest about it because this is, you know, you set these unrealistic expectations or these uh, silent expectations, as I like to call them, well, no unknown expectations, rather, that no one knows but you. And then you're holding this person to this standard that they had no idea that they were even supposed uh-huh. to be doing these things. And you like, exactly. uh, who knew that? Oh, <laughs> you? Like, how, 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 I, I can't read your mind. I don't know that. Exactly. So exactly. when we're having these conversations, so I would say, you know, for myself, um, just like being able to be open about like your sexuality and what it is that you want and what it is that you need. Like, how do we as women um, start to feel comfortable about talking about it? Because, you know, when you think about 
just kind of historically like it's always the guys can talk about the girls that they slept with and this and the third but let a girl say she slept with two dudes and she's a whole slur you know or if she's you know like started having sex early or even if she just is clear about what she wants is something wrong with her like oh she must be she you know like it's all these different things that it is that it's like this negative connotation over women. And so I think some of that adds to the shame because you feel like I can't speak up. If I do speak up, then maybe this person, you know, my partner may think this way about me. Um, and so I'll just accept whatever it is I'm, I'm, I'm getting, but that's a disservice to yourself. If you don't say, listen, I don't like that. (laughs) Don't do that. You got to advocate. You have to, Look, what, what what men are taught that women are is to advocate for themselves and mm. to advocate for their pleasure, right? And <clears throat> we're taught at a really early age that, like, we're there for pleasure, you know? Pleasure yeah. isn't necessarily about us. And we have to unlearn that. And that comes, number one, from not perpetuating that patriarchal BS about, oh, well, if she's been with a lot of people, she's a slut or a whore. Like, that's that's us perpetuating this, you know, we're perpetuating the cycle for our daughters and our daughter's daughters and our daughter's daughters and their daughters too. So number one is not perpetuating the cycle, right? You can have your opinions about what people do and how they do it and what they shouldn't do and whatever, but like openly being like, Hey, this person is a slut or a whore for being with multiple people Mm -hmm. is saying, you know, the same exact thing. So let's not, let's, if you hear somebody saying it, you say, "Mm, okay. So, but if he does it, he's not like, you know what I mean? Like we have to, we have to stand up for ourselves and for each other. Number one, number two, we have to teach our daughters and our nieces and our granddaughters and our, you know, our, and our nephews (laughs) and our sons too, how, um, how all of these things work, like what the names are for our bodies and, um, and how they work. Like these are lack of knowledge is what breeds a lot of shame. Yeah, right. Yeah. And when we call our vulvas and our vaginas, moo's and coochies and right. all these things that are not real names, then like, of course it's going to, it's going to lead to shame. We don't call it what it is. And yeah. so I think it's just really important for us to, uh, um, to really just build community and like hold each other, like hold space for each other to normalize the fact that we all have sex. We all got here somehow. Right, right. You know what I mean? And so so we have to start normalizing it. And I think the hardest part is when we have kids, right? Mm-hmm. We have kids, we go from like party wild animals to no, absolutely not, right. never <laughs> until you're 32. <laughs> right. And so, and I, look, even as a sex educator, I find myself Oof, like I got a middle schooler and you know, my stepson, he's the oldest, he's, you know, in college now, but he was here during his, during high school and it was hard. Like it was hard. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, there were some awkward moments, but I think it's important for us to just keep the lines of communication open and saying like, Hey, this is what it is. This is what I know. If you don't know what you don't know, it's okay. Find an expert. There are people out here. There are sex educators who can help you and your children figure out what to say and how to say it and what conversations to have. There are books out there that you can use um, to have these conversations. If you don't know the words to say, like there are resources, but you have to do your work, you know, around your shame to be able to have these conversations. And that's the hard part. 
Yeah. So <laughs> that is that's so very true. Yeah, and you we have to, yeah, you have to being open and honest with yourself about whatever it is, you know, like like I said, even for me and my journey, just like realizing that um, I did a, episodes a, a couple of weeks or months ago, I guess at this point, um, where I just talked about how like my past and how it changed the way I viewed myself and also how I dealt with relationships. But it took me, it started when I was like 13, but it took me until I was well into my 30s to be like, you know, you you're not your past you're not what everybody may assume that you are or thought that you were and there you know all of that created who you are today right and so whatever it is that you've gone through whatever it is that you did even if you um you know are ashamed of it proud of it whatever the case may be everybody has a past everybody has something that you know if they had to do it all over again maybe they wouldn't but it that is it's a part of your journey and so I think having that open and honest conversation with myself first of being like it's okay like it is what it is those things happen you made those decisions you you know you didn't die you're good like <laughs> everything is fine now you don't have to hold that over your head and it made it easier for me to be able to have a conversation with my husband to be able to talk to him about you know okay what do you need because if I can't ask for myself then I also have to be open to whatever it is that you need as well uh, to be able to say okay this has to work for the both of us. It can't just be exactly. one-sided. So what, what is it that you need? I'll tell you what I need. And like you said earlier, like, are, are we able to meet in the middle somewhere? Like, so for instance, like yeah. the other day we had this conversation about like, um, we talk about love languages. So like what his love, one of his love languages, physical touch. And for me, I'm not like a touchy feely type of person. That's just me. Like, I just, I don't like it. Like, Honestly, if you want to touch me, I'm I'm ready to go. Like so, that in between, I don't, I can't, I can't, I can't really work with that part. So, but that's what so I'm like. Okay, well, this is what I need from you. I'm okay with you know cuddling and touching, and you just like rubbing my arm or whatever. But you gotta tell me ahead of time. Like that is just so that I'm aware. And he's like, okay, you know, you looking at me all weird, but I'm just like, if we don't have these conversations, then you don't know what's going on in my head and I don't know what's going on in your, your head. But if I know that's something that you need, then okay, I'll do it. But let me tell you what I need in, in, in return. That is my love language. I, my love Can language I, is words <laughs> of affirmation. So then I need yes. that. And so oh it was just God. like, okay, now we can, now we're, now we're okay. We're <laughs> okay. So, but look, so what I hear you saying is, and it's, it's this, I hear this all the time. I work with couples, um, on um, pleasure mapping, right? We have this workshop called Couples Pleasure Mapping. And anyway, so men, are, like I was saying earlier, are socialized to be more physical. Mm. And women are socialized to be more verbal creatures, yeah. oh, wow. okay. right? And so we experience our intimacy in the same way. <laughs> uh. And so from a lot of male clients, physical touch is you know what there it's like the number one love language yeah. because that's what they've been programmed and socialized to that's that's how they've been programmed yeah right? yeah and so similarly for women it's always words of affirmation like verbal verbal um love that's what yeah they, yeah <laughs> Because we're taught to express ourselves verbally, right? And yeah. so while that, that makes us, you know, better connectors in society, it also means that, like, physically it's really hard for us to express ourselves sometimes. 
right? Yeah. It's hard for us to put that intimacy, those verbal words, that verbal affirmation into physical touch. And for a lot of men, because that's how they're programmed and socialized, it's like, man, this is what I need, right? Mm. I absolutely need this physical touch, this, yeah. this touch intimacy. And so I see that a lot. And so we, you guys have to learn how to speak to each other in each other's languages. So yes, yeah. you're saying, look, I don't want to, you're saying you need, I need you to tell me, use your words. Yeah. That you touch. <laughs> right. <laughs> and oh, he's man. Like, huh? Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so lying. true. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He definitely was just like, so I just can't, I'm like, no, you know, and it, in my mind, it makes so much sense, but I can see like in his face, he's just like, what the crap is like happening mm-hmm. right now? Um, yeah. But you know, it, you know, but the thing about it is that if you don't have the conversations about why you need it or why you don't, you know, need certain things, I think that it causes more friction because there, again, it's that unspoken expectation. Like he just supposed to know what I like and what I don't like. Uh, no sis, he don't right like yeah you know, and that's there's, how sex is no right yeah that's exactly how sex is it's like you know you grow up you're not supposed to have sex until you're grown and then you're grown and it's like you're supposed to know everything about right. sex and your sex is supposed to be bomb right and you're like and it's like wait but how right like right, nobody right. ever what's an orgasm like what how do i what yeah like and then and then like you say even within your um what it is that you do like in your field it's like then it's the shame of like going to get help because or you know or getting information to be Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. getting the things that you need because you can't go like you're not gonna go talk to your mama about you know (laughs) right and then even having you know conversations with your girlfriend sometimes it's you know, for you, you may have, like, I remember, like, years ago, somebody asking me something, and it was, like, we were in a group setting, but I kind of stayed quiet throughout the whole thing, just, I just want, I'm, I'm an observer anyway, but just kind of hearing the conversations, but watching people's faces, and it was, like, one, you know, a couple of girls was just kind of, like, oh, my God, I can't believe you ain't never, blah, blah, well, how was she supposed to even know what, what she was supposed to be even <laughs> experienced if she's never experienced it, and exactly. are you sure that's what you experienced? Like, I'm just thinking right. to myself, like, we we all don't know like how how how, how are you the person that actually knows so yeah no. <laughs> exactly <laughs> until you know right? until you and know it's like oh man oh, that. That was. Okay. <laughs> exactly yeah, no. and when i think about squirting like people talk about it all the time <clears throat> not many look it's a, a small majority of people can do it like I'll take, I'll take that back. A large minority of people can do it. I would even like venture to say about 30%. So not everybody, but some people can do it. Yeah. And so then you have girls talking to each other about squirting and some of them are like, huh, what? You lying. Or no, that, or thinking that there's something wrong with their bodies because they don't. Okay. Right, right, uh, or, right. Or them thinking something's wrong with their bodies because they do. You know, yeah. is this me? Like, what do I, what right. is this? Yeah, And nobody wants to talk about it because nobody wants to be abnormal. And so I just, I don't know. I get it. I definitely get it. And that's exactly why I got into this work because somebody's got to teach people, right? And sex education, when you think about it, it's more like, oh, how to use a condom, how not Mm -hmm. to get STDs, how not to get pregnant, but not really like, what is an orgasm? How does the clitoris work? How many orgasms can a penis have? Oh, wow. What is a prostate? So like, there's just a lot that people don't know. And 
I'm I'm here to to teach them and and help them find out. So yeah. So what um what classes do you offer and how can people connect with you? Because I it sounds like well I definitely know the the fellatio one like <laughs> you know. And, and and so so what else and I know you said you do some couples therapy I heard yeah. you say the mapping yeah. and everything so yeah. what kind of things do you offer for people who um, are, are just like interested in kind of because the, the reality is I can guarantee you every person is interested okay they, if you're not you're lying to yourself you know because you want to even be able to know for yourself or be able to know for your partner um, to be able to I, like I remember being younger and going to those sex toys parties and wondering like I wonder who's going to show up here and then you'd be like dang this show is about 80 women in <laughs> they'd be all in there and they'd be like oh, so everybody gonna go to the back and place of order like <laughs> uh-huh. all ages all, all, age, yes. all, couple, all um, statuses whether they're married or yep. divorced or never been married never had a boyfriend or girlfriend yeah, or yeah no I know yeah so I know. It's, <laughs> it's the thing about like y'all want to know this information so don't be pretending like oh no I don't even want to know like, you do you want to know so what what do you so I before you answer that how did you get the name Reba the Diva <laughs> oh, okay so Reba is my my real name and I was named after my grandmother and I actually was before I got into all of all of this work I was um an actor and okay. so you know I I, I don't want to say I earned the diva name but that's the people it was kind of a name that kind of just stuck it was Reba oh, the Diva okay. and and my grandmother she is like the original Reba, Reba the Diva like she <laughs> Oh man, she got more hats and um, animal print and yes. gold jewelry than I know what to do with. So, so all props to the original Reba the Diva for that one. But I love the name. <laughs> I love the name. Thank you, thank you. But yeah, I don't, I don't really remember who exactly gave it to me, but it just kind of stuck. I, it was a theater thing, and then it kind of stuck. Oh so. well, that's a, it's a it's a good name that stuck, especially for <laughs> what you were doing. Like you probably didn't even know it, but it it all ties together. It yeah, all ties it together. All, it really does. It's fresh. I I learned that a lot. But so you're asking what classes <clears throat> we offer, <clears throat> and we have uh, our two oral sex classes. So the how to eat cake fellatio workshop which is our blowjob class our um i'm sorry how to eat cake (laughs) our blow his mind fellatio workshop that's our blowjob class then it's our how to eat cake okay cunnilingus (laughs) class right um and that's for cunnilingus and if y'all know what that is look it up um (laughs) (laughs) so you 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 bring out the technical words people have look look it up okay Okay. Um, and then, uh, we also offer some couples classes, um, privately. So these are one-on-one sessions. We're doing them virtually now, obviously through May. Um, and then we do one-to-one in-persons in DC and, um, we have some consultants in other places who are able to do it too, but it's, um, the couples pleasure mapping class is really just a class to help couples identify exactly what we talked about like nobody ever sits down with a list of sexual activities and says yes yes no yes yes no no yes maybe yes maybe yes yes no right Mm -hmm. and so that's what we do we (laughs) we have worksheets and we sit you down and you do those and then you kind of switch great I'm like the kindergarten teacher of sex ed so like we (laughs) switch and we grade papers and we play with blocks and we create these pleasure models with the you know with these blocks basically like if we're pretending like the red blocks are kissing and the yellow blocks are you know um 
touching and the blue blocks are missionary. And then you put them all together based on how you like your, you would like your sexual experience to be. And then you walk. Exactly. So it just creates a safe space to have that conversation with your partner. If you're like just terrified about it, or you just, you really have no idea how to have the conversation. Um, then this, this pleasure mapping class really does, it helps, you know, yeah, it helps that's... just begin the conversation and, and all the couples go home with, um, with, with homework to kind of keep the spirit of like, As they should. And, <laughs> yeah. so, um, and then, so that's one of our couples classes. We also have like a backdoor bonding, you know, sex class. We have, um, a women's sensual self-care 101, um, which is all about just how to get in touch with your sensual self, um, from sight, sound, taste, touch, smell, like how to learn what it is you like, mm-hmm. like what okay. it is you want and so that you can communicate it to your partner. Uh, cause we find that that's a real big barrier for a lot of folks too. Yeah. And so those are just, a, those are like most of the classes that we offer. We do have some other ones like sex and seduction and, um, uh, 50 Shades of Play, Introduction to Kink, but all of that stuff is on you, our this website. This is a whole, whole, <laughs> whole plethora of stuff. Listen, she got something yeah. for everybody, okay? Yeah. I'm over here like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, so the whole point was like, we realized that there's nowhere for people to learn these things. And so I reached out to counselors and therapists and urologists and gynecologists and I kind of just gathered all the information that I needed to know all of the questions that a lot of my clients were having yeah you know especially when it comes to like the women's pleasures like one thing that just really boggles people's minds and so um I just I wanted to put all the information out there so people know hey you're not weird and here's what you need to know in case you didn't know and yeah. now you know stuff go forth and explore like i want everybody to have better sex because i think if we all have better sex and we'll all have better health and we'll all make better decisions and the world will just be a better place in general so yeah that is awesome so how can people connect with you how can people find find you your website on the on, on yeah. the instagram all of that yes so um our website is www.sexpertconsultants dot com and you can find more about me personally and my work uh at reba the diva.com and then on all things social i'm at reba the diva and all the links to my company and my business are um at all of my social links so nice well i will put all of that in the show notes so y'all can just click and find her um thank you so much this was like i told y'all y'all was going to need this but it definitely so this is a part of the education part of of it all because it all ties together um like you said it's not just about just having sex and i'm pretty sure once people see the name they just going to assume we talking about getting it in and it's like it's so much more deeper than that sometimes that just getting through all the 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 gook and the the shame and all of that the insecurities and the doubt will help you have a better sex life like you gotta totally. get rid of all of that stuff and it's not just about the physical because you still you got people who won't have sex with the lights on or only you know do it in one position or only yeah. do it one place because of their uncom- uncomfortability and this is you know this is supposed to laughen up your light yes I mean, Look, I'm gonna leave you with with one. If I could leave you with any like golden thought, it would be that the b- biggest sexual organ in the body is the brain, right? Oh. And so, if your brain isn't in it, 
right? If your brain is hung up on shame and guilt and not able to even, you know, go into your body, right? Yeah. Then you got work to do. And that's, that's all so I'm true. Yeah, that, <laughs> and so that that is enough for y'all. So you know, <laughs> if y'all want to get um, some tips, get some education about this, so that you can have a better sex life, so you can know about what your needs are, what your partner's needs are. Just make sure you reach out to Reba the Diva. Like I say, all the information will be in the show notes. Reba, thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate it. I appreciate all the information that you gave us, um, and. And uh, thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome.